Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's message by Pastor Paul Kern. Well, I just can't help but think that as we were worshiping and giving God all that good praise that he didn't just have a big smile on his face. What do you guys think? I mean, I know I had one on my face just back there doing it. Well, we want to welcome you. If you're joining us for the first time, we're so glad that you're here. My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors on staff. And man, I'm really excited about the word that I want to share with you this morning. Each year, we as a, as a staff leadership, we pray for direction for our church. You know, it's so important to us. We don't just kind of go through the motions of church. You know, we're not just be here because, you know, that's what you do on Sunday. We want to go under the direction that God wants us to go. So we really seek the Lord, we pray. And this year, the vision that God gave our church was the just shall live by faith. And so we've heard lots of sermons on faith. And I don't know about you, but my faith's really been encouraged this year. I mean, I've really saw a change in my faith. And, and that's what we want for all of us. We want to grow in our faith. We want our faith to deepen. We want it to mature. You know, we want to have faith that pleases God because the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. So it's a really important topic that we're covering. And uh, like I said, you know, all the different pastors and speakers, we've said a lot of things about faith, uh, really trying to get this in our heart. So we're just going to continue right along that theme. This morning, I want to talk to you about obedient faith. Obedient faith. You know, the fact is, um, God brought you into this world for a reason you're not here by accident and you may say well Paul you know I, you know I was an accident I was an oopsie child okay that that's fine maybe an accident to your parents but it wasn't an accident to God you know you could be a product of a date rape you could be adopted it doesn't really matter because the fact of the matter is God said he knew you before you were formed in the womb and so God God knows you before you're born he created you God placed inside each and every one of us giftings, abilities, temperaments, talents, because he placed those things inside of us to meet the need of our generation. You know, the fact of the matter is, you could have been born in any time in history, and you could have been born in any place in history, but the scripture says that God determines our times and our geography. He has placed you where you are in the moment that you are because you have something that this world needs. And so one of the things that God really wants to do is he wants to empower us to fulfill the mission of our life's calling that he has for us. And I don't know about you, church, but I don't want to miss out. Amen? I don't want to miss out on what God brought me into the world to do. I just really feel like a life lived outside of God is a wasted life because the whole reason that you're born is to fulfill the mission that your creator brought you into the world to fulfill and to love him like we were doing in worship that's a form of love an expression of love so the scripture tells us that that God never sleeps God doesn't go on vacation God never gets tired God never gets weary God never runs out of ideas he never loses inspiration God is all-powerful. He's always energetic. He's always full of vision. Aren't you glad of that? (laughs) Because we're not, right? We wane. We need God's help in our lives. But just to solidify what I'm talking about, in um, 2 Chronicles 16, 9, the children of Israel um, at this time in history, they were not doing so good. 
Um, they were worshiping other bells. You know, God told them not to do that. They were worshiping false idols, and they were getting into all kinds of things. And, and so God just wanted to reiterate his will for them. And so in 2 Chronicles 16:9, here's what God said. He says, the eyes of the Lord, they move back and forth across the whole earth, searching. Now just think about that. God's eyes just searching, 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 looking, searching, searching for what? Well, he's searching for people. For peoples whose hearts are fully committed to him. And the scripture says that if I can find someone like that, that I'll get behind that person and I'll support that person. That's God's heart for us. That's what God wants to do as a good, loving, heavenly father. God wants to empower us in life to accomplish his will in the world. So just picture God's eyes, just a sea of people diligently scanning back and forth all the time. God is always looking for someone that will catch his attention, that will capture his eye. And I don't know about you, but I want to be that person. I mean, I want to be like, right here, God, pick me, send me. I want to be that guy. Well, also in the scripture, there was a, a man by the name of Solomon. I'm sure most of you have heard of Solomon, and because of God's heart, he came to Solomon one day, and he said, listen, Solomon, I, I want to bless you. You've been following me. You've walked in obedience. I want to bless you. What do you want? I'll give you whatever you ask for. And God said, you know, you pick. And that's pretty cool, right? And Solomon thought about it long and hard, and he said, God, I need wisdom. I need wisdom to fulfill my mission to lead your people well as a leader. And God was really pleased with his request, and he said, I'm going to grant you the request of wisdom, Solomon. Not only that, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you rich. I'm going to give you all kinds of, of great things in life. Well, as a result of this, Solomon really became pretty famous. The, the word about him spread all throughout the kingdom, all throughout the neighboring countries. You know, he, they begin to hear of the wisdom of Solomon. So leaders, like really important leaders and kings, they would travel for days to come and hear the wisdom of Solomon because he was just so wise. He, he knew about everything. He knew about horticulture and agriculture and astronomy and psychology. I mean, he was just a really, really smart, wise man. Well, one day, as he was getting ready to speak and all these crowds of people were gathering around, and we can read this in Proverbs chapter 4, I believe it's around verse 23, he says, I got a lot to tell you today. Got a lot of wisdom that I'm going to share with you, but above everything that I can tell you today, and I'm going to tell you a lot, but above everything that I can tell you, here's what I want you to know. The most important thing that you can do in life is this. Guard your heart. Because from it flow all of the other issues of your life. Your heart life is the most important aspect of who you are. Because your heart life is at the center of who you are. Your heart life influences every decision, every motivation, every passion, 
every desire, everything about you. And see, Solomon was very wise to know that this is the most important thing that you can do is guard your heart and have a heart of obedience unto God. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, God's speaking to his people, and here's what he says, verse 6. He, Lord God, will change your heart and the hearts of your descendants so that you will love him with all your heart and with all your soul so that you may live. Now, all throughout the Old Testament, and, you know, if, if you've read it, especially more than once, you've picked up on this. God has a lot to say about obedience. As a matter of fact, there are so many scriptures in the Old Testament about obedience. It's just there's many that you read. And God would say things to his people like, If you obey me, I will bless you. But if you walk in disobedience, you will come under a curse. You heard God say this over and over and over to his children, especially after God led them out of Egypt and they were out in the wilderness and God was training them out there in that desert. He was trying to prepare their hearts and get them ready before they went into the promised land so that once they got into that good land that they wouldn't forget the Lord God and they, they would continue to walk in obedience and they would have victory in their life. So God talked about it a lot and, and Solomon you know, he began, he, now obviously this happened before Solomon's time, but, but Solomon, he began to take on a new heart. Because with the children of Israel, it was all about the law. And the law was very unforgiving, it was very unflexible. I mean, it was like, here's what you've got to do. And if you don't do it, you're going to get it. And so, so much of their motivation was out of legalism. It's like, we have to do this or we're going to get into big trouble by daddy. Solomon began to kind of have a different heart. And God spoke what he was going to do. He was going to give us a different kind of heart. And I believe Solomon was kind of a, a prelude to the kind of heart that ultimately God was going to bring. And, and, and we can definitely see how David and his heart even influenced that in his life but God's done something new in our day God sent Jesus and now as a believer he lives inside of us now we have the heart and mind of Christ it's that new heart like God said I'm going to take a heart of stone and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh I'm going to give you a heart that you don't have to be told what to do but you just know my heartbeat you have a desire to follow me and to please me and to do what I know that you need to do. And so God gave us a new heart through Jesus. But the thing that we have to be constantly aware of is that our hearts, though they are made new, are constantly wrestling against another nature within us. And it's our carnal nature. As a matter of fact, Romans talks about it. It says you've got two natures inside of you and they're enemies of one another. They're constantly battling and struggling one another. As a matter of fact, the, the, the Apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, I mean, God gave him all this revelation, but here's what Paul said. You know, the very thing that I know I ought to do, I don't do. And the, and the, and the thing that I know I 
I should do, I don't do it. And he just said, wretched person that I am, who, who will save me from this body of death? See, Paul was talking about these two natures within himself. So in this one side of Paul, he'd been born again. Jesus lived inside of him. He had the mind of Christ. He wanted to please God. He wanted to follow God. But then there's this other nature that's constantly fighting against what God has for our life. It's just that rascal inside of all of us. You know, it's like the, the proverb of the, of the one sheep leaving the 99. What came over him? Well, we're that sheep. All of us are that sheep. We just have this propensity to stray. We stray off the path. We, we, we begin to go after something that we know that we shouldn't, and Paul described it that way. Well, in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, God really took issue with this straying heart, this wayward heart. As a matter of fact, he spoke to Sodom and Gomorrah about this. And, and, I, and I just want you to kind of, I'm going to read a few verses to you, and I just want you to listen to this because I, I want you to kind of get a picture of what is happening because it's really not a whole lot different than what's going on today in our day and time there's a lot of similarities obviously the the way that they worship and things that they did were different but the process is is basically the same here's here's what God said in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 10 listen to the Lord you leaders of Sodom and listen to the law of our God people of Gomorrah what makes you think that I want your sacrifices says the Lord I'm sick of your burnt offerings your rams and the fat and cattle I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and goats. When you come to worship me, who asks you to parade through my courts with your ceremony? Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. The incense of your offerings disgusts me. And as for your celebrations of the new moon and the Sabbath, wow, and your special days of fasting, they are sinful and false. I want no more of your pious meetings. Now here you have a group of people they're going through the religious motions. And by all outward appearances, they're doing great. I mean, they appear to be religious. They appear to be doing what God wants them to do. But here's the thing, church. God is not concerned with what it looks like on the outside. What God wants to know is what's going on on the inside. See, our heart life and that obedience to him is the thing that's most important to the Lord. They're going to church, they're reading the scriptures, they're singing songs, they're making sacrifices, just like we just finished doing this morning. But these things were all done outwardly for them. They were fulfilling a religious obligation that they knew they were supposed to do. Now, I get it, I get it, church, and, I, and I'm just going to be honest. Most all of the time, I would say 90%, 95% of the time, I want to be here. I want to be engaged. I want to be involved. I want to be a part. I'm like Josh. You know, I get, I get FOMO if I'm not at church. I don't want to miss out on what God is doing. But there's a 5% there, maybe sometimes, depending on the month, 10% part of me that just doesn't want to be here at all. Now, I'm going to make that confession to you as a pastor 
because I think it's important for you to recognize and understand that even pastors have a carnal nature. See, we're no different than anybody else. Most of the time I want to be here, but there's a part of me that sometimes, boy, I'd just rather go out and do something dumb (laughs) or just sit at home and, and do nothing at all. It's not that I have anything else to do. See, their, their hearts were not captured by the Lord. They didn't love God with all their heart. Help me with the greatest commandment. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that's what God wants from us. That's God's desire for all of us. God is looking for obedience from a sincere heart. As a matter of fact, just a few verses down Isaiah 119, it says, if you are willing and obedient, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. I think it's interesting that God put that word willing there. You know, because we can be obedient because we're supposed to, but God wants us to be obedient because we want to. And I just think that's very, very important. I want to focus on three benefits of obedience today because there's just so many benefits to being obedient and God talked about this over and over and over in the Old Testament he said if you obey me you'll be blessed if you disobey me you'll fall under a curse and God went over and over and over and even so many leaders that God was training up he really focused on the importance of obedience obedience is such a key to our success so benefit number one that you get from obedience is The strength to fight spiritual battles and possess God's promises. One of the first benefits is you have the strength to fight spiritual battles, amen, and to receive God's promises. See, when you walk in obedience, it gives you reassurance of God's strength in your life. Obedience positions you to receive God's provision and blessings for your life. I mean, think about it for a minute. How many of y'all have ever prayed like a, a bold, powerful prayer when you were walking in willful disobedience to God? Well, I don't really know anybody that prayed that kind of prayer. You know, the, the, the shame, the guilt, the condemnation that our willful disobedience brings into our life. I've never prayed this powerful, spiritual, intercessory prayer to push back the enemy when I was walking in willful disobedience. So you don't feel power. You don't feel a sense of God's presence when you're walking in disobedience to the Lord. Matthew 7 says, everyone who then hears these words of mine and does them. Everybody say does them. If you can't just hear them, you got to do them. It says, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house upon rock. Now, that's a smart move. That's why when we build homes today, we pour a concrete foundation. It's rock. It's solid. It can support the weight of our house and the storms that come. As a matter of fact, it says, and the rain fell, of which we've got a lot of lately, and the floods came, of which we've got a lot of lately, I've been trying to establish my yard. I'm, this is a side note. I'm getting to- totally off track. I've been trying to get a yard at my house. We just recently moved this last year. 
And man, I work hard. I put all this dirt out and I put the seed out and then a flash flood comes and just washes everything away. And so you'd think I would figure this out, but I can't control the rain. Rain fell, floods came, winds blew, bit against that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the, help me, rock. John 15, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and I abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Romans 7, he will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience and well-doing, that's obedience, right? Well-doing. Seek for glory and honor and immortality. He will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. Psalms 1. Blessed is the man. Say blessed. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of of scornful and scornful is like you know they're going to find something wrong with everything that's going on that's a scornful person just going to find something negative about everything but his delight is in the law of the lord and in his law he meditates day and night he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper how many of y'all would like to have fruit season in and season out, your leaf not wither, you prosper? We all want that. Well, the scripture shows us how that that can take place. See, as you get your heart lined up with God, it positions you to receive God's favor in your life. It gives you power to fight the enemy off of you and your family. That's why it's so important that we're walking in obedience daily. That leads me into number two. The second benefit of obedience is obedience causes God's favor and provision to come to you and to remain. I'm going to say that again. Obedience causes God's favor and provision to come to you and to remain. You know, being in the ministry now, as long as I have been in the ministry, I've seen a lot of people come through the doors of church. I mean, a lot. Some of you have been here a long time. You've seen a lot of people come through the doors of church. And, you know, and just being in the position that I'm in, working with young adults and being around people in camps all the time, I, I, I've seen a lot of people come to Christ. And I consider that to be a blessing that I get to see so many people come to know the Lord. And, and man, I'll tell you, when, when people first encounter Jesus, they're excited. I mean, they're so fired up, they're emotional, they're gripped by it, they've got the goosebumps. I mean, they are so into all that God is doing in their life. I mean, they're, they're here every time the doors are open, they're serving, they're involved, they're committed, they're praying, they're reading their word, they're worshiping, they're seeking the Lord. I mean, they're just so excited. And then I begin to watch over time. Trials come, temptations come, pressures come, tests come. They begin to allow some compromise into their life. They start getting a little worldly, and all of a sudden, you know, they're not at church as often as they used to be, and, 
and then they miss a little bit more, and then every now and then I'll see them on a Sunday, and, and then I begin to notice that little, that little twinkle in their eye begins to leave. The joy begins to fade. I can tell that they're just not walking in the blessings and the anointing that they once were, and here's why. They were doing good at first. They were experiencing God's presence. Things were great. Things were good. They were walking in his power and provision, but they slowly wandered from the faith, and it affected them in a really negative way. As a matter of fact, sadly, I've watched people literally turn their back on their faith. They've fallen away, the scripture says, from Jesus. They've literally turned their back on the Lord. And it's always so sad when that happens, but we've got to let this be a caution and a reminder to us. The Bible says, be careful lest you think you stand and you fall. Now, the thing that we've got to understand and know, I don't care how long you've been saved. You can be saved for five years, 10 years, 50 years. Anybody can fall away. It's just a matter of what we do daily. As a matter of fact, I believe it's in the Song of Solomon, somewhere around chapter 2, you know, and y'all know that's on whole love story, right? It's really about, it's a reflection of our love with God. You know, that's basically what it is. But one of the things that he says, he, he says, be aware of the little foxes in your vineyard. The little foxes that rob the fruit off the vine. Now, I don't really think he was talking about the fruit in the vineyard. I think the point of that is, is we've got to be careful about the little compromises. Just a little compromise here, a little lie there, you know, a little bending of the rule here, not really making that big of a deal about that thing in our life that used to be something that we really guarded and watched over. Now we've just kind of slacked off. We've kind of not really given our best attention. And the scripture says, you got to be careful. You got to be very, very careful. See, walking in obedience keeps you in a position for God to continue to bless you. And that's what's so important. You know, how many in here today won't break through in your life or break through for someone that you're praying for? I don't know about you, but I do. There are people that I'm praying for that I'm believing breakthrough for. There, there are things even in my own life that I want to see breakthrough. That's what I want. We all want that in our lives. And I'll tell you what, if you put a title on a message or on a book and call it breakthrough or sudden breakthrough or miracle breakthrough or whatever, you're going to get more listens and more sales out of that because everybody wants to experience breakthrough in their life. I don't know anybody that doesn't. I do, you do, we all do. But here's the key to breakthrough. Breakthrough isn't something that just miraculously happens overnight. Breakthrough is a result of us being obedient, even in the little things, every day over a long period of time. And then suddenly, you're not expecting it, you weren't even thinking about it, that breakthrough just comes. That's how breakthrough happens in our lives. But at the same thing, in the opposite, I've watched people be faithful. 
I've watched husbands be faithful to their wives for years, but then one moment of compromise, they commit adultery, and it just brings destruction to the family. It brings destruction to their children. I've watched young people living in their homes, and if you're a young person today and you're still living with your parents, listen to me. It's so important that you walk in obedience to what your mom and dad are asking you to do, even in the little things. See, lots of times it's those little acts of disobedience. Did you take out the trash like I asked you to? Did you make up your bed like I asked you to? Did you brush your teeth like I asked you to? I remember when I was a little kid, my dad would say, boy, did you brush your teeth? And I would be like, uh, no, sir, I'll go brush them right now. And I remember going to the bathroom and wetting my toothbrush and, you know, acting like I brushed my teeth. And, you know, I thought, I'm pretty smart. <clears throat> and then in my 40s, I'm at the dentist getting my cavities filled, and it cost me a fortune. I was really dumb. See, obedience, obedience is so important. And if you're a young person living in the home, the way to earn favor and blessings from your parents is not obeying one time. It's obeying every time. See, the thing about it is you can obey 10 times in a row, but then you disobey your parents the 11th time, and now you broke trust. It's almost like starting all over again. I remember being that way when I was a child. I would be doing good, and, and then I would do something stupid, and my dad or my mom would say to me, I just, you just broke trust with me. And I wanted it back so bad. I wanted it back immediately. And my dad says, it don't work that way, son. You're going to have to earn it. And it takes time. See, the way to earn favor and blessing from your parents is through continued obedience. And the way to experience that from the Lord is the exact same way. It's no different. See, it's so important for us to walk in continued obedience because that's how God is able to bless us and continue to bless us month after month after month as we walk in obedience to his will. Can I have an amen? The third benefit of obedience is obedience makes it possible for God to do what we can't do. You know, we all have things in our lives that we're believing God for. We have dreams and, and visions, even secret things maybe we've not shared with anybody that we have in our heart that, that we're not able in our own ability and our own power to bring to pass. You know, we all have a lot of things like that in life, right? Like we don't have the ability to control the rain. You know, it just the rain kind of comes when it's ready and, and when it feels like it. We can't influence a prodigal's heart to repent and get their heart right. We can't influence a mate to have a good attitude. You know, you can't, you can't afford this home or you can't afford that business. You can't do that um, trip that you want to make or, or maybe you can't heal that hurt or that loss. But let me tell you, you can. God can. See, and our obedience is so important because it positions us for God to be able to do in our lives what we're incapable of doing ourselves. See, I love in Isaiah 43, verse 15, it says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator and King. 
I am the Lord who opened the way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and I drowned them. Their lives snuck, snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway in the wilderness and I will create rivers in a dry wasteland. And God's already done that. He did it through Jesus. He did something that we were incapable of doing. He made a way where there was no way. And God opened doors of blessings to us as Gentiles that we never could have experienced had it not been for Jesus. And because of Jesus, because he is God's son, he is heir to all that is the Father's. And because we are in Christ, now we are co-heirs with Christ, and all of those blessings are transferred to us. See, Jesus did for us what we were incapable of doing ourselves. Can I have an amen? Obedience positions us for God's blessings, but disobedience, it blocks his blessings. And listen... God wants to bless you. It's in his nature to bless you. Any good father wants to bless their children. They want to do good things for their kids. That's a father's heart. So understand, God wants to bless us. There are so many things as a father I have in my heart to bless and to do, but it all hinges upon obedience all hinges upon that key thing. Now I want to talk about one of the curses of disobedience. And this is very important. Disobedience gives Satan access to your life. It really does. Just like obedience can bring God's favor, disobedience can bring God's curse. And this is why it's so important that we're constantly tending the soul of our hearts so that they stay soft they stay humble. They stay teachable. God wants to bless us, but we've got to be aware we have an enemy. Now, once again, we go back to John 10, 10, where Jesus is speaking. He says, listen, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. So God, Jesus is like saying, okay, listen, there's a thief. I want to make you aware. Here's his intentions toward you. He wants to rob you. He wants to steal from you. He wants to kill everything that's good in your life. But I have come that you might have life, and that life will be more abundant. Now, Jesus says, here's the way that you do that. It's real narrow. It's real narrow. Now, there's a broad way. A lot of people take it. That's the way that the, the thief travels. And a lot of people take that path because it's easy. Everybody's doing it. But there's a narrow way. It's called the pathway of obedience, the road of righteousness. And if you will take that path and you will follow that path, I can bless you and I can bring you into life. Now, that path is hard. It's difficult. It's not easy. Not a lot of people are going to do it. As a matter of fact, Jesus talked a lot about few and many in Scripture. He said, many are called, but few are chosen. In other words, few choose to walk that narrow path. A heart full of pride 
has no room for God. A stubborn heart won't bend to his will. A wayward heart it can't hear the soft promptings of the Holy Spirit. I want to go back to the very beginning of my message. Solomon, in all of his great wisdom, he said, above all else. What does that mean? Above all else. In other words, that's, a, that's an order of importance. So we all have things that are important in our lives, like we have bills, you know, like usually the electric company gets paid their bill before the bug man gets paid his bill because we can live with bugs but can't live without electricity, right? So we all have orders of priority in our lives, and we always pursue what is a priority. We always follow what is important to us. Well, Solomon says, listen, above everything, here is the most important thing that you ought to prioritize in your life, and that is guarding your heart and living in obedience. An obedient faith is what God desires because he knows that's the way his blessings flow into our lives. And I want to encourage you today, keep pursuing a heart of obedience. Don't grow weary in being obedient. The scripture exhorts us in Galatians chapter 6, it says, don't grow weary in doing good. And we all grow weary in doing good. We're human. It happens. We get tired. We get weary. You know, we're, we're trying to do the right thing. You know, I've heard people talk to me. It's like, Paul, I've, I've been doing right, but my, my breakthrough, it hasn't come. I've been praying, but my, my prodigal hasn't returned. Paul, I've been obedient, yet I'm still single. God hadn't sent that person into my life yet. I've continued to seek the Lord, but my dreams haven't come to pass. Well, well let me encourage you in this. A farmer understands and knows that the day that he plants seeds, he's not going to wake up in the morning and there's going to be a miracle crop harvest there. It doesn't work that way. The farmer knows that his job is to plant the seed and then his job is to nurture it. He's got to protect it. He's got to cultivate it. He's got to keep the weeds pulled out of the garden. He's got to water it with joy. He's got to water it with faithfulness. He's got to pray over it, and then he knows that God will do the rest. Just like Pastor Tim was speaking the other day, there's God's part, and there's your part. Our part is to be obedient. God's part is to bring it to pass. Now, God can do that as we walk faithfully, cultivating, watching over, keeping weeds pulled, I promise you, eventually your harvest will come. We all get weary. We all get tired. I get it. I totally understand it. Just like I said, there's sometimes I don't even want to be here. But I know that I'm sowing toward my harvest. And it's not going to come today, maybe not even next week, but next month, next year, five years, seven years, 10 years, 20 years. Listen, you're not going to sow seeds of disobedience in the soil and expect something good to come up. The farmer knows whatever he sows, that he will what? Reap. So as we sow good seeds in the soil, it's guaranteed that that life is in that seed, that seed of obedience. 
Even if you sow it during a time of great difficulty and duress in your life, that doesn't, that doesn't disqualify that seed. That, that seed has that life and that fruit in it, and it will come forth in due season. Now, here's what the Bible says. Don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in being obedient. And the scripture had to exhort us in that because God knows we all do because we're people. But here's what it says. It says, for in due season you will reap. And I've always heard it said, when is your due season? The day after you give up. Many of us are, because of our obedience, over a sustained period of time, we're right at the threshold of a breakthrough. God's getting ready to do something big in your life. But here's what I've noticed. Usually right before a breakthrough, the enemy wants to bring an attack. He wants to discourage you. He wants to distract you. He wants to bring temptation or compromise into your life so that he can cause you to miss your harvest. And I want to encourage you, don't miss your harvest. Stay focused. Keep your heart where it's supposed to be. Know that walking in obedience every single day may not produce fruit immediately, but over the long haul, it's going to produce great dividends in your lives. We could all stand up and give testimony to the goodness of God in our lives, but it was a result not only of God's goodness, but us being like him and us being good. Remain faithful, stay obedient, and God will be able to bless your life and bring breakthroughs to you. Amen? Did y'all get something out of this? Stand with me this morning. We're going to pray together. Just real quick, I know we've got some people in here that you're, you're just believing God. I get it. And I know we've got some in here, you're weary. It's like, man, Paul, I've been doing right. I've been trying to do right. It just doesn't seem to be paying off. Well, it's going to. And I just want to pray a prayer of encouragement and ask God to give you faith, because that's what it's all about this year. Father, we want to have obedient faith. Just pray with me. Lord, we want to have obedient faith. And Lord, I pray for those that are weary, that are struggling, even those that are listening by podcast or our live stream that are just discouraged today. God, I ask that you encourage their hearts. Fill them full of faith. And God, may this message empower them. The word says that we are to strengthen our weak knees, that we are to strengthen our weary arms. And the way that we do that is we do that through prayer. We do that by getting into God's presence. We do that by listening to worship, by reading the word, by being in fellowship. And God, I just ask that through all of those avenues that you minister to the different ones that are listening to this message, and God, that you encourage them and God, that you let them know clearly that a life of, of obedience is not a wasted life. And even though you may not experience the blessing that you're believing God for today or tomorrow, next month, or even next year, here's what I can promise you. There are eternal rewards. The Bible says because of our obedience and our good works, we will be rewarded 
by Jesus. As a matter of fact, in Revelations, it says that when he returns, he will have his reward in his hand. So God, we hang on and we live obedient, waiting for that reward. First off, the reward of you. And then secondly, Lord, the blessings that you're going to bring. We praise you today and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.